All right, you guys ever notice how like all the workout tapes, they still have workout tapes, <laughs> videos, DVDs, they all go, oh yeah, sound like Macho Man Randy Savage, oh yeah, let's get healthy. Well, we want to get healthy, but not uh, be like that. We can't be like that. We are goofy goof ups and uh, we think you're the same way. So we have started the 69X Challenge. And uh, you can go actually go to 69xchallenge.com and check it out right now. And uh, that's far, starting, that's farting, in uh, April 26th, and it goes for 69 days. And here's why it's cool. It's just regular folks. Uh, last time, I think we had way over 100 people sign up. This time, we're expecting maybe even more, so sign up now, 69xchallenge.com. But uh, this is just regular folks just trying to get a little bit healthier. We even learned more about ourselves last time that uh, – we're all hard workers, and we push ourselves to the limits, and so this time we're going to be a little bit more lax. There's going to be a couple of things that are going to be more fun, uh, and just overall, the big goal here is our mentality, doing what we do for future you, making good decisions for that person that you're going to be six months from now, one year from now, making good decisions for that person. So when you sign up, uh, you get uh, a, the 69X Challenge shirt. Um, let's see, what does it say? It says 69X Challenge. And uh, you get some stuff called Walls, Emery coin. It's cryptocurrency that we have created. Really cool. There's extra podcasts. Uh, if you're in Emery Land or the BC Club, you get it for $25. If you're not, it's 50 bucks for sign up. But that's a good incentive, right? Go join Emery Land. Go join BC Club. Get $25 off, half off your entry into the 69X Challenge. So once again, go to uh 69xchallenge.com and uh sign up for this really awesome challenge. Uh get healthy for future you. What did you spill? Uh Dr Pepper vanilla. No, Dr Pepper cream. <laughs> Z- zero sugar. They're awesome. So awesome you spilled it all over yourself. Exactly. <laughs> What's well, good that has no sugar in it? Hi. It does. It does make a difference. I mean, when some when my drinks have no sugar, they're not as oh sticky. Oh my god, we're red hair twins. Oh yeah, I was Look just looking on your drawing, dude. You're so pretty. Oh my god. Well, thank, thank you. you. you, Mary Beth. You're talking to me. I don't. Oh oh, I'm so sorry. This is embarrassing. Why would you assume that she was talking <laughs> to you only? That's just that's, that's a little offensive. To I me. know. I'm so I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. How's it going, Kara? <laughs> I'm fantastic. How are you guys? It's great to see you. I'm gonna read a pre-roll and we're we're just we're in. 
We're All right, do we are we talking about a certain topic or whatever is entertaining and fun and exciting and compelling and to the point with no mistakes? That's the what we're gonna do. Just no mistakes, no, no pressure. Don't <laughs> fuck it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Today's show is sponsored by Stamps.com. Stop wasting time at the post office. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter our code Bad Christian for a four week trial. Plus postage and free shipping. Four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. That's stamps.com, promo code, bad Christian. Oh, man, you nailed it. (laughs) That is one hell of a fucking deal, dude. That is one hell of a deal. I'll tell you what. I get fucking hype about (laughs) stamps.com. Hell yeah. Well, you know, it's not like I've ever read that one before. Yeah, yeah, you never read it before, and you nailed it. It was a new one. My God, (laughs) you did that one amazing. It was beautiful. Uh, It was really funny just a second ago. I realized, like, there is no so Mary Beth Carey. Neither one of y'all have kids, right? No, no. But I mean, you've been around kids. You were a kid yourself. I suppose you you remember when your parents said things to you that you just couldn't even understand or hilarious or absurd or very like they that's what they were just being parents like i just witnessed my wife telling my son the exact same thing i was going to say to him and after she said it out loud i just couldn't stop laughing (laughs) and she said to my son who is nine years old if you keep doing that with the chair to the carpet you're going to have to save up $100 and buy a new company. <laughs> and now there was, there was another adult in the room, me, that was ready to say the exact same thing. And then when I heard it out loud, I was like, "That's nothing has ever been exactly the same as my dad said to me or my mom said to me as that. I mean, there is no stopping it. Like, there is no stopping when If and when y'all have kids – you will be exactly the same. It doesn't matter how oh, yeah. much you think you're a cool person, all you've lived, everything, you will say the exact same thing. It's hilarious. I That's couldn't terrible. believe it just now. I already I'm, do that with my nephews, too. It's it, Already? Yeah. And I'm only 31. I don't love it. <laughs> I'm like, Kara, whatever uh, I got to say, man. I'll say Kara, it. record your audio if you can do that. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, I already, I already got that going. Well, you're a pro co- podcaster, and we're glad that you're here today with us. So Great. Thank you. I'm we'll keep on rolling. Um, Toby, do you really remember being a kid, though? Because I, when I'm all the time feeling like when I see the way parents treat their kids, I go, I guess they forgot. That yeah. seems like these people forgot. Like the thing that would make parenting great is if the parents had at one point had to be kids themselves, you know, to right. do empathy. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Right. But it doesn't seem that that was the case. So <laughs> no. They don't remember. <laughs> Even seeing people in like their teenage years or like early 20s, I feel old. Like I feel like people automatically drift into this whole like, um, Oh, I was never like that when I was younger or yeah, but they're you so annoying. But like that was like what six years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I find I find a lot of um times I'll say kids when I really mean like young adults and teenagers. <laughs> and <laughs> so I'll be like, Oh yeah, a kid like crashed on his bike outside my house and people are like, Oh my god, are they okay? And I'm like, Oh, he was twenty. Sorry, yeah, not a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same I, I, I feel that way more and more and more. Like I I I notice more that I am not that. Like I am not a 20-year-old anymore. I'm not even a 30-year-old anymore. 
But I mean, a 20 year old is really far away. And then of course a teenager, like my kids will ask me, dad, what was something funny you did when you were our age or, you know, a, a teenager. And I, and I will tell them those things that I did. And it doesn't even make sense to my life at all right now. Like Matt, you've heard the story before, but I mean, I snuck, I broke through a fence, climbed up the to the top of a water tower and spray painted my initials on it. And <laughs> that was a part of my life that meant something. And I had to do it. And I, I did it. And I mean, there's way more to the story, but I mean, it, it was something I had to do. Now, you tell them. Do what? You tell, did you tell your kids that when they asked what you did? I haven't told them that story yet. Maybe I should. Yeah. I've told them some things. I don't even, there's a lot I guess I haven't told them. But, uh, but in Just that moment, that was a podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I have thought about that too. One day they're going to listen to all of it, maybe when they're, and you know, they will be this, so this, embarrassed. This is my legacy. Yeah. <laughs> this is my legacy. But I mean, isn't it weird that like you really do change as you get older? Obvious. I'm, what I'm saying is totally obvious. But as you get older, you are not the same person. Like the person that you were at 10 years old, zero you almost, right? <laughs> I, I mean, that, that person. Helped you get here, but that's a friend that you had in the past. Mm -hmm. Not you know what I mean. Like it's not you anymore. I mean, I, I am not. But even something's the, the same that's unique that still is nobody. Okay, you're right. It? Okay, but see if both of these statements are true. You are not at all the person. That's a totally different person that was the ten year old Toby. Yeah. However, you now as a totally different person are still the closest person to that ten year old Toby than anybody else. Yes. Yeah, on earth, yes, I you're, agree. You still have the right. most relation and understanding yeah. of that person that you are uh, not. Wait, hold on. I don't know about more, that. More than a 10-year-old? Yeah, ten -year -old, this, yeah I, I think mean, another 10-year-old like, would relate more to 10-year-old me That's I what I do. don't understand. That's what I don't understand is how... I think you're outing yourself as not having progressed as far as you think you have. I, yeah. <laughs> that, I, I know. I'm saying I didn't forget. <laughs> what it was like to be a kid. I did not forget. Everybody else did. So I haven't progressed in the ways that everybody else has. I understand that that is a <laughs> something I have not done is grown up is the way I'm trying to say it. But what would why can't you before you tell your kid about that he got to pay a hundred dollars for the carpet? Would that have worked on you? Would that have worked on you to hear when your dad said it? Did it work? I would have been terrified. And what might personally? What should he have? What do you wish your dad had done differently? I would have cried immediately. Like I'm never gonna have a hundred dollars in my life. Well, <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> Well, Ike looked at us like he had no clue. What we it doesn't were make saying, sense. Right? I lean back in my like, chair. I got to pay hundred dollars. Where am I going to get it? Like, okay, I, Ike went. What are we talking? I have no clue. Like a hundred dollars and a carpet. All I was trying to do was wrap up the night and you know brush my teeth and go to bed. And all of a sudden, these two adults that I trust with everything told me I might owe them a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like how much how much right. carpet horseplay do I get for a hundred dollars? Do I have yeah. to pay it every if I do it is uh, every time? Are you what? keeping yeah. track? It's like that makes sense. Do I have I mean, three more chair drags until like it goes to the next hundred? Like I gotta know. It, it, I mean, yeah. So that's what I, that's what is so shocking to me is that I we both said that to him, and the, I mean, 
what we're, what are we doing? What does that mean about me and Jess? Like as parents, there. I mean, we <laughs> we both know it, it's an empty threat. You're we're not going to really. We're not, we're, not gonna, we're not going to shake down our son for a hundred dollars. You know <laughs> you're I mean? gaming the hey, system. Hey, you, I know where you live, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get me that damn money. We're not going to do that. I mean, what, what's he supposed to do? Like, if he did, like, worked really hard, and then came and gave you the money, and says, "So now can I? Now can I do?" It's my car right now. Right. Like, yeah. this, like, or you just told <laughs> him, "Fuck you, mom. Like, Fuck you, dad." Yeah, carpets cost a hundred dollars. Was his takeaway? Yeah, I mean, Car- carpets a hundred dollars. That's all he learned. I think he thought. Apparently. I guess I have to pay it. <laughs> He's just like, well, what, I That's believe life. him. I trust him. I mean, That's like if, if if people tr- if people you trusted right now, like your boss or something, just came out of nowhere and said, "Hey, the carpet behind you, you're going to pay for it." You would be in shock. You, you you know what I mean? Like you would you would take steps to figure it out, but a kid, what can it do? You know what what, what can my son do? It's just really funny. <laughs> and and I guess I was there. I was trying to think back. The empty threats that my dad, because I, I, I guess that's what I thought. There were my dad had a hot head, and he would get really serious and angry. But overall, I thought it was pretty empty. I don't know. Was y'all's parents that way, or were their threats like backed up? I mean, what was it like? You knew it was an empty threat when stuff like yeah, that. I did. I yeah. mean, I was as a child, and still to this day, I was just terrified of getting in trouble. Like, period. It didn't really matter what the consequences were, and so. If anyone was even mad at me, I was like, "It's the end of the world. I have failed as a child, and I will never done. recover." It was the, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, I was similar. I was similar, like just the, like I was such an emotional child, and people getting upset with me was already a huge punishment. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they followed through with like spankings and stuff. But my parents yeah. never made me pay them money for carpets. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. This is a little dark, but <clears throat> my dad. We're just gonna go there. It's fine. My dad still like he focuses a lot on the money side of things too. So he'll he yeah. very much kind of like uses that against me. Like, you know, if you only knew how much money I've spent on you over the years, you might be more grateful or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's like as a kid, that was just feeling like I burdened somebody was yeah. like enough to because there's no way you could not do it, and there's no way you could pay it back, and there's mm-hmm. no way you could you know know what how to not cost him money you right know? and, and well, you yeah, didn't have a say <laughs> you didn't have a say in being a kid yeah yeah I was gonna you know say I mean? that. that's where the whole consent thing plays in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i didn't consent to this shit <laughs> right. yeah yeah you didn't know how much you would cost you didn't get yeah, to wait no. you, know, you didn't get to weigh it and out I, feel and go, like well. I was a pretty like i was a pretty uh what's the word i'm looking for i tried not to like burden my parents any more than right. I had to so well, I feel like I but, was a considerate kid but maybe what I'm hearing is that he you weren't grateful so that could still in be your eyes, fault yes. so yeah after after he told you the like the money was fine with him but couldn't you have just been a little bit grateful so now imagine mm-hmm. a kid going fuck I'm not grateful enough for my parents yeah I better really work on that mm-hmm. is that would you is that what you would want to tell your kid like now you have to practice a skill at pretending to be grateful to me. Yeah. Is After the, you already think you're doing so. Right. And the bar always, well, for me, the bar right. always changed. So I might meet it one day, and then the next day, I didn't even come close. Yeah. Right. So. <clears throat> like, how would you, like, it's a, you know, why is it so bad to say respect is earned or something? Like, you know, like, yeah. in the, like if you go to purity culture, it's the same where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
Well, you know how the impurity culture, there's the thing of where you're always telling the women that what men need is respect or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they do. That's what I need and want and all that. Like, that is true. That's a thing. That's a that's what I would like would be more respect. Then I'd feel better and be able to do more or something. That's mm-hmm. the way it would feel to me. But obviously, the fact that you're pre-telling people to pay to do that is like... What about respect is earned, though? Mm-hmm. I mean... Well, I think there's two systems at play here, in my opinion. I think there is just the kind of... Well, there's the, the religion aspect, for sure. I definitely think that that is a lesson taught in church. It's very much both respect your elders, but also, especially in a marriage dynamic, a heterosexual marriage dynamic, it's very much like respect your husband, and he is the the ultimate authority right but, but if i'm a kid and somebody says respect your elders and i retort respect is earned what happens next get the shit beat out of you <laughs> you know like why 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 can't a kid in, in say respect household. is earned i don't you know well, yeah think, well i'm oh, sorry no i'm sorry you go ahead oh i was just gonna say i think that part of the thing is that like respect isn't even really the right word for it what they want is unvarying obedience yes. yeah yeah right? i know but like they, they call it respect yeah, like and, I mean, and you I have to give it whether it's earned or not. Yeah. Well, and Matt, you made this point in the last podcast we did. I think it was with Brenda, where parents don't like being told they're not good parents, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. And so it doesn't matter who is telling you that. If if a kid is saying like, you know, respect is earned, I think you just want me to mindlessly obey and not ever criticize you. Obviously, a parent. It, who exhibits those behaviors already is not going to appreciate that very much no. and not be open to reason. No. So, yeah. Kara, yeah. that's interesting. So uh, you said y- your parents spanked you sometimes. So uh, spankings were a thing in Canada? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always thought it was like the South only almost. Like I, I always felt like growing up everywhere else, nobody spanked. But I, I think that's wrong. I think probably a lot of people spanked all over the place. But mm-hmm. Canada is a – was it just – I mean – I. It was not just my family. My family wasn't the only one in the country that did that. Um, It was, (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, it's, I mean, I think that a lot of Americans um, miss, uh, like we're misrepresented as being this one thing when realistically, like we have as many like rednecks as, as you guys do, (laughs) you know? Well, like country music's huge where you live. Uh, Um, Every time... Every every time we toured Canada, I couldn't believe how many people listen to country music. When you guys were touring BC specifically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, most of the people I know either hate or love country. Um yeah. with like a lot of people hating it, but then there's always like those diehard people who really, really like it. Do you know the song Truck Got Stuck? That's from Canada. <laughs> no, I don't know it. Weirdly proud of it. <laughs> Sounds like it was written for a two-year-old, though. Well, it's it's about trucks getting stuck in the mud. Right. That's what two-year-olds like. <laughs> yep. It's very Bob the Builder to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, like, Sounds like a kid's show. <laughs> Speak, speaking of trucks, do you still – didn't you go, like, tiny home and live in an RV? Are you I still – I did live in an RV. Right now, I live in a – I mean, if I'm being honest, it's like a dilapidated old motel, um, but it's like it's long term units now, but it's right beside the ocean, um, which is fantastic. I sold my RV because basically there was issues with the the place that I was keeping it. 
Yeah. And I <laughs> definitely discovered that like RVs require even more maintenance than a regular home. Yes. And if there's one thing that I am not skilled at, it is maintenance of of like homes. <laughs> so <laughs> after like calling my dad to come fix it, you know, half a dozen times and he's got to take a ferry to do that and stuff. I, I ended up selling it with the issues with the landlord and moved in with my best friend. And now I live with my uh, my boyfriend, who's different than the one the last time you talked to me. Um, <laughs> you know what's super funny about that is that ep- uh, that episode that I was on in the like last little bit there. Yeah. So by the time that episode actually came out, we'd broken up. And you you like mentioned it in the episode, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, what? Did, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, did, uh, did Matt ever get into an RV? Like, uh, do you have an RV that you're playing with or anything yet? Me? No. No. no I want to get a not. Sprinter. And, you know, what I have here is like a very compact studio of every technological thing. And it keeps getting smaller and smaller from a bigger studio to whatever than COVID. And I've just gotten more and more into having everything be small and compact. So I just feel that the trend line is eventually to be, I'm in some like matrix looking pod working and podcasting and making music and like (laughs) stuff, but it's getting smaller and smaller, but so small that I understand now that I could put it in the sprinter and make it really nice and have a looking right out the window. And I can have a, you know, there's unbelievable views accessible to me. I could go not be in the house but and have all my stuff that parked outside or and I or I could go to the you know look over the Puget Sound or drive somewhere or whatever my office could literally be any inspiring view possible and it would be just the equipment I have down here in the dingy basement so mm-hmm. that and, and then maybe my family could use it or whatever too but that seems like a something I'd be interested in is living in a sprinter you know well and something that's really cool about that idea as far as putting your studio in it is that if you're doing work from home, like a lot of people have like motivation and organization problems when you work from home, right? Like I'm going to work, but oh my God, the dishes need to be done, especially if it's something that you don't super want to do. So you can like just like slowly move your office and studio further and further away to get away from that uh, mm-hmm. that issue. Yeah, the distraction. You know, you can just picture it not being distracting. And I just, you know, I like RV life, so I wouldn't be surprised if I uh, how, at some Kara, point have one. Kara, how long did you live in your RV? Um... Oh, that's a good question. Uh, almost a year, almost a year, uh, or maybe. And, and it was mostly you by yourself. I mean, I know you had a boyfriend or family kind of <laughs> near, but but I mean, <laughs> what what was it like living kind of in that small of a space by yourself? Um, I mean, I'm like Matt. I really like small spaces. Small spaces make it harder to hoard stuff. Yeah, it makes it easy. Like it's it's fun to be creative about where you put stuff. So like, mm-hmm. I really liked that. The only, like I said, the only reason I moved was because the like I didn't if I had land I probably would have like just built a little tiny house around it like made it like toughened it up but it was the maintenance I mean I love I love small spaces the smaller the space the more chance you have of everything being just right exactly and you can find everything it's organized well I agree Um, with that I was just talking about how my apartment currently I think is just way too big for me um just me I do have a roommate but she's gone five days of the week and Otherwise, I'm just left with this. It's not like huge, but to me, it feels huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too big. Yeah, I'm not into too big a square footage. It makes me nervous. Like, oh, we get this big house, so you can have a million, fo- you know, three thousand square foot house, three thousand problems. Well, I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the place I'm in now, I feel like is too big. Is too big too. Like, um, as far as like maintenance, cleaning. 
like it's okay because we're using the second bedroom as an office and music room so it's like it feels separated but it still feels like so much like I feel like I'm spending three times as much time cleaning and moving mm-hmm. stuff the uh, wor- the worst part is of the small square footage house is th- is the bathroom limitations though especially now that with with our girls getting bigger and stuff like that and we only have one and a quarter you know one and uh-huh. an eighth I'm sorry one and an eighth bathroom well that means we have a bathroom mm-hmm. with a toilet tub the whole the whole bathroom mm-hmm. and then we have a, a laundry sink oh <laughs> okay okay oh. that's okay. the eighth. So it's downstairs, you know. Uh, and over sometimes here. it gets used as a bathroom. Well, I mean, yeah, urinal, whatever. In a pinch. Yeah, yeah that's the, 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 the one eighth bathroom is, is the laundry sink. That so my wife doesn't know. She thinks we have a one bedroom house, but right. in, in fact, is one and an eighth. Okay. I've Lucky never been tall, caught. I suppose. I've never been caught so far. So. Oh my god. Uh, strange as it sounds, Jess, Jess and I have been thinking about moving again. We might move out even oh, closer Lord. to Devon. Uh, and so we've been looking at houses and Sunday we went and looked at a house that was built in 1920 and I'm telling wow. you, it was so cool. It had like a laundry chute down to the basement. Oh, I mean, it so was dope. unbelievable that sounds amazing. wood. I mean, but it was so funny how small it was. I was like, man, in 1920, they, the houses, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you were super rich, you probably have a, a decent sized house, but a normal house in Monticello, Illinois in 1920 was all the rooms are like compartmentalized and the kitchen, there was not a stove or a refrigerator in it. <laughs> they, there was, oh, they were wow. in it. And I didn't even notice it because I was like, man, this thing is so, this kitchen is so cool looking. The cabinetry, uh, all this, <laughs> it had like a built in iron, ironing board that would come down out of the wall, like from 1920. Cool. It was really cool. But Jess goes, hey, so what do y'all do for appliances? And I was like, oh my God. Like it, like they didn't even. <laughs> That wasn't even necessarily as that wasn't near as important. I guess they had a refrigerator or an I mean, icebox, maybe. Yeah, maybe some yeah. stove, but maybe they cooked outside or something too. I mean, like, yeah, maybe an icebox or something. But I was just thinking, like, how crazy it is that I'm standing in this house is still here, but like we can't, we we couldn't get it. We, I mean, with our kids and everything, mm-hmm. we have to have a refrigerator and a stove, <laughs> yeah. maybe a microwave or something. Like, I mean, the microwave in 1920 wasn't even a, a thought. I mean, that would be magic. In 1920. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, I mean, it's just, it's compartmental. And so, like, for us with our kids, like, I feel like I'm so used to the privilege and the the wealth that we have. I can't, I can't go back to 1920. Jess and I, we, it looked like, it was more like we were walking around a museum and it was really cool. But yeah. I'm ready to get back to my house when the museum closes. <laughs> I mean, whoever lived in uh, in Champaign or wherever, Monticello, rural Illinois in 1920. Right. They were surviving something. Right. They had shelter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like right. they had, a, they had <laughs> shel- like cold, real yeah. shelter. That was really, they really had something, you know. Right. To, I was thinking about, oh, sorry. It was just a survival tool, that shelter they had. You think about something different. Oh, yeah. I was well, I was just going to say, I was thinking about that with ice the other day. I had an iced coffee because it's been hot as hell here for some reason. <clears throat> and I had an iced coffee and all of a sudden it came into my brain that like most of human history didn't have ice cubes. You know, right. like ice had to be yeah. mined before right. it was we figured out how to make it. You know, I was like, damn, we're lucky. <laughs> like, well, yeah. the, the biggest trip about human history would be to say that, uh, you know, if you think about the things that would be the most life-alteringly bad 
thing that could happen to you in this life would be like, let's say you lose a child. It right. obviously is the worst thing, and many people never recover from it. Of course, if it, you think about mental illness today, anyone who's lost a child, you figure, well, they're on the list of probably people that are struggling with mental illness. Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That means almost everybody in human history was mentally ill. Right. <laughs> like I all mean. kids just died. So, right? So, uh, because the you know it, it really is let is more than fifty percent of of you know the the death rate would have been like if you you almost certainly had multiple children and lost some mm-hmm. right that's that mm-hmm. was the the absolute norm like that you is often the expected also outcome. lost the mom too along the way like infant mm-hmm. mortality and. So you got to give a break to all the people who did all those heinous things. They were all <laughs> mentally ill. Well, I right. think <laughs> having <laughs> I'm, I don't even know if I have anything to, <laughs> to debate about that. Story. They had all suffered traumas that you would people expect people to not recover from, and that's all humans that have ever that's lived. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I think there's a difference between trauma and mental illness well i'm, I'm just sure saying everyone that, so had that type of traumas that were suffered by people before us are ones that you now would say man that person is probably going to be really struggling yeah well Th- like, they'd be so, grieving yeah and yeah de- it, depressed loss all of that stuff in, in 1900 Thirty percent of all deaths in the united states occurred in children less than five years old yeah Thirty percent of all deaths, right? Good, God. and most people had more than three. So just right. right there, like in that year, most people lost a kid. Yeah, not that, not per year. But I'm saying, right. if you have a family, you probably had two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, and thirty percent death rate, <laughs> and that was with a lot of technology. Think right. about the technology in 1900 yeah. that they did not have previous to that. I know, like, like 100 years earlier. So they earlier, get a free pass they, to just that, fucking... They were, yeah, they were saying, <laughs> can you believe... Could, in 1900, they were saying, can you imagine if we didn't have all these medicine and doctors that we have today? Right. Right. That's what they thought. Can you then. imagine if we didn't know what ice cubes were? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but what you, Matt, what you were saying, so in 1920, they went... Only thirty percent of our kids are dying, right? Of all deaths, like they were thinking, "Wow, we're making progress." Only thirty percent. We're moving on up. Yeah, it was forty last year. Right. I mean, that that's just crazy. You're right. I mean, it's it's insane. (laughs) All right, pardon the interruption to the podcast, but I got to tell you about stamps.com. I was just thinking about it, how the summer is coming. And I got, I wish I had more time and I wish I had more money because I'm anxious to do stuff in the yard, like get tools, do work, build stuff. And I was just thinking about more time and money if I had it. And I was thinking, damn, stamps.com is what saves people time and money. I'm always saying on the podcast. So I got to make sure everybody else out there knows to save time and money. You know, let's face it, taking trips to the post office is probably not how you want to spend your time. And that's why I recommend mailing and shipping online at stamps.com. Stamps.com allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right now from your computer. You send letters, ship packages, and you pay less. And we get discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more. And that stuff adds up. You know how much stuff is shipped these days and how many people are shipping. And some of them haven't even thought 
to save the time and the money and haven't switched to stamps.com, which is silly. We've been using them uh, for just years. I mean, maybe six, seven years we've been using stamps.com. So uh, we think they're great. They've saved businesses thousands of hours, tons of money. You get the services of the U.S. Post Office and UPS all in one place and discounts on mailing and shipping rates. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office sending out invoices, uh, online seller shipping out orders, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day. They can handle it all. So it's really a no-brainer. It's saving you time and money. No wonder nearly a million small businesses have already already do use stamps.com so stop wasting time and going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead there's no risk and with our promo code bad christian you get a special offer that include includes a four-week trial plus free postage and the digital scale with no learn low long-term com- commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the home page and type in bad christian that's stamps.com promo code bad christian stamps.com Never go to the post office again. The thing that really does, I, I notice, I, I think I probably have said this before, but like I, my, some of my mannerisms are exactly like my mom or my dad. And I notice I will do them like the way my dad, my, you know, my dad are kind of like chew, the way he chews on his fingernails or so, certain things he says or whatever. And is that just that I, I'm copying him or is it in me? Like, is that like, is that both? You know what I mean? Like, but but I mean, is it actually in my blood, my <laughs> my brain, the way I was formed, that I'm going to do that same thing that he does? Yes. I it, mean, there is a part you, of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You're having yeah. impulses of whatever, like that. That grooming. and that's why he did them too, right? Like his makeup, mm-hmm. physical makeup, causes him to do certain things, and then he passes that on to me, and I'm doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's kind and of I, and I'm, yeah, it's I, I mean, DNA I guess I'm copying RNA, him too. Right? Yeah. Well, it's you know it. Not it's not D, it's not DNA and RNA, but it's D, it's nature and nurture, maybe yeah. you would say. Yeah. Um, but so, but you you would think of it as like a, a parent. Mostly, what you're doing is unconsciously training your kids unconsciously. That's yes. most of what occurs. Yeah. Like you're unconsciously, you're not aware of most of what they are learning, and they're also not aware of it. Mm-hmm. And, and and a tiny amount yeah. is you actually telling them stuff directly or whatever but that's the not important part most of it is subconscious i think yeah most of what you learn from your parents they didn't know they taught you they didn't mean to teach you which is why i'm talking to ike today just like that or (laughs) or like this is a weird one so we're when we're driving in the car and we have gum chewing gum i pop my gum and i i wouldn't even have thought of it i wouldn't even it's just something i do right and then my kids go, the, you know, this is probably a year ago now, but, you know, still to this day, they'll say it. Dad, how do you do that? Because I'm going, you know, just popping this gum in my mouth. And when they said that to me, I went, oh, my God, I said that exact same thing to my dad. My dad <laughs> popped his gum. I know this sounds so goofy and silly, but, but like, I, I wouldn't even have remembered that I said that to my dad. Mm-hmm. But when my kids said it to me, it immediately took me back to my childhood. And my, I was going, I'm just popping this gum just like my dad. It's the stupidest yeah. thing in the whole world, but I can't not do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. My body wants to do it. And, and my kids are asking me how I do it, which I asked my dad, and he never told me. 
but I learned to do it. Yeah. There's some, something so silly, you know my, what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy. My subconscious mannerisms are so eerily like my mother. It is like uncanny, it's, especially really? people that have known my mom too. They I, they used to call me Little Debbie all the time because my mom's name's Debbie. Because I was like, <laughs> we look like twins sometimes. Like we move our hands the same way. We have the same facial expressions. Our handwriting looks the same. It is so weird. Just by yeah. like, I feel like being around her and watching her interact with people. Yeah. It's a double effect for sure. And you just yeah. have it. I mean, that's what I'm saying though. Like you didn't, I guess you were studying her. But not you didn't yeah. think you were. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah. You, don't, you, don't, you never think, I'm studying my parents to, to be like them. No, no, not many kids do that. I didn't do that. But I then I did it. Yeah. I mean, that's just so crazy. Well, just it's your only, your only reference point for most of your, like, young life. Like, right. until you actually are introduced to other family members or strangers, you have no other reference point. Since... The sense people are so crazy. One human that you're around. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, and and the, given the state of how you know how much most people aren't really know what they're doing in life. You know what I mean? That's like not everybody knows exactly what they're doing. There's mm-hmm. there's the line of thought that that says the less time you spend around your parents, the better, because <laughs> otherwise you fully internalize all of their negatives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know. That, you know, like they, your parents can be as great as possible, but their bad qualities and blind spots would never right. show up to you if you didn't spend enough time not around them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the best things you could do would be around your kids less. Would did be, y'all all, did you, you know, and in extreme cases, there's the whole, the whole real one of the halves of the things going on about school is a movement that is based in trying to keep kids in school a certain amount of hours a day because it's better than home. Well, mm-hmm. that, I think that's part, a difference you know, between spending less time with your parents and less time exclusively with your parents. But like, Well, both, both, though, because there's plenty of parents. I mean, the amount of parents that total parenting strategy falls into the category of, of abusive is a pretty significant number. Oh well, yeah. I mean, so if that's when you're the lessening case, the amount sure. of time those kids are at home, right? You're already helping them, and yeah. even if you're just the whatever regular uh, soccer mom that say. loves your kids so much <laughs> that you never take a night out or let them go around being anybody else, that's whatever yeah, your bad spot. That's codependent you know. behavior. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's both of those are, are are that way. So it's like when you're parenting. The thing you think you're doing is just not what it is. It's just everything else. <laughs> that's, yeah. the, right. that's the hard part about it. Well, I think I was going to say, I think the other thing about the um, not like, you know, not exclusively spending time with them and like being around other people is that they're still looking to you like the parent prior, like as a priority, right, for their cues, mm-hmm. right, because that's their authority figure. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that that wouldn't reduce it as much as just stepping back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where your aunts and uncles and all that comes in. You know, but today we get so many parents that have their own thing, disconnect from family, disconnect from multiple generations, mom, dad, home screen. Mom, dad, home screen. Like that's we're at an all time high for that at mm-hmm. this time. Of not even aunts and uncles, not even grandma, not even, you know. So that yeah. We, yeah, now right. that, that's risky is all I'm saying. That has a particular risk profile to it. That did did y'all all it. grow up with parents that stayed together? Any, none of y'all's parents hmm. divorced? Um, my parents split <laughs> up when I was 18, when I was in rehab. They, yeah, me too. I was 18 as well. 
My parents are <laughs> legally married, but <laughs> divorced in their minds long ago. They have <laughs> they they have been divorced in their minds as long as I've been alive, in my opinion. It is brutal. Oh, <laughs> They're not out of the closet apathy, divorced. Man, pure apathy. Really? Yes. Like it would it would create it would be so much effort to move and to get divorced. Let's just not. That's literally right. where they're at. <laughs> It's a good thing so, they don't listen because they would. They ring still my live phone. together. Yes, and it's bad. It's very <laughs> bad. It's not a good situation. And Toby no. and Kara, you both, your parents both got divorced. They both got divorced when you were eighteen. Uh, yeah. I know it was in Toby's case. The divorce was Toby's fault, and you were in rehab. Yeah, right. So it was your fault. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Actually, it kind of was. It kind oh, of was. Oh God. <laughs> I had a conversation with my mom about like, hey, you probably shouldn't hide things from dad. You should talk to him. And then she calls me and she goes, you know that conversation we had? Well, I finally left your dad. Why she said that? Yeah, I don't think she really understood how it was received, but yeah, she right. did. <laughs> Damn. Wow. That's I kind of feel like I'm sending those messages a little bit too, because um I don't think either of my parents have been to therapy and I've been in therapy for the past three years. And there's like just things that I learn and I will just question some things and I can just like see the wheels turning and they're like, mm, probably not good. Is it? <laughs> that's wow. good. If you can get them to say that though. Well, they don't, I can just see it. And well, that's still right. Yeah. That's something. Though. It. Yeah. Yeah. If it can be not met with defensiveness directly, then you've accomplished something. I think that's the, that's the challenge. It, yeah. it was really, it was really crazy for me because my whole Christian world kind of started crumbling at that point because I thought my parents getting divorced, they they might go to hell, like, or you know what I mean? Like wow. I was really thinking, I was thinking like real sin. Like I was yeah. like, we had to get them back together. I mean, I tried. I like <laughs> as the oldest son, I tried to talk to my mom and my dad about trying to save their marriage. I mean, it, it was insane. And now yeah, I look heavy. back on it and go. Of course they shouldn't have been together. That wasn't good for me and my brother. Like, I mean, they, they not that they've gotten better. In, mm -hmm. in some ways they've gotten worse, you know, being they're both alone now. But uh it I they, them together was just so hostile. Like they fought unreal. I mean, un, an unreal amount. It was crazy. Did did y'all's parents like care when when they split up, were, were they argumentative, like loud, abusive, or anything like that, like to each other, like oh, verbally? That's, that's, yeah, that's a lot of different questions. Um, my, uh, <laughs> my dad, uh, I mean, I think unintentionally, Matt and I talked about this one time, um, with like, you know, when people are abusive, it's it's often unintentional. Yeah. So my dad was, was pretty like oppressive with my mom, and my mom was super codependent and would like give in to like his whims, like he could buy himself like all sorts of things, even if like the rest of the family needed stuff, you know, and she would be like lie to him because she was trying to placate him all the time. And mm -hmm. so like they weren't like they didn't fight out loud in front of us, but it was like a super fucking toxic dynamic that was like is yeah. clearly toxic, mm -hmm. like even from the outside. Yeah. And you recognized it or you felt well, I it, recognized or? it like six months into a program that was basically daily therapy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before I, that, how would you have described it? Um, well, before that, I really disliked my parents. I mean, between, between all the stuff that had gone on between them and the fact that I was like addicted to drugs and I blamed them and 
all of that stuff. So, so like, I didn't like either of them before that. So I didn't really care. I don't sound so harsh. No, but I didn't care. It's no. good. Why didn't? But when did you know you didn't like them? Um, probably after the whole Missouri thing. I don't know if I've ever told y'all about that. It. But they sent me to Missouri to live with people that they met uh, on Pogo Games. I don't know if you know what Pogo Games is, but wow. it's a gaming what? site. They sent me to go live there when I was 14 for, it was supposed to be a couple months and then they didn't have the money to bring me back and all that stuff. What? What? Hold on. What? What? They just met somebody like online? Yeah. They were like friends for a couple years online, but it was like before video chat. So it was super like difficult yeah. for me because I was like, oh, that's a lot of trust to put. It, they, had they ever yeah. met them in person? Why no, would they those still other people? They still haven't met them in person. <laughs> no. Why would those people reason? take yeah. you? Yeah. And why did they send you there? Um, well, because they thought I was a, a bad kid. I was, you know, drinking and stuff and oh. smoking weed and all that stuff. And they wanted to send me like now, now I'm in a better place with it. <laughs> Obviously, you know, uh, 16 or 17 years out. Um, but yeah, like, like in their heads at the time, they felt helpless and they felt like they had to do something and something was better than nothing. But who were these people? Why would um, they take you for that? That is the weirdest part. Who are well, they? They're, they're a super, super kind family, the Peters family. They live in Nevada, Missouri. Well, actually, Deerfield, Missouri, which is right outside of Nevada. And uh, they're super, super kind people. The mom was a therapist, I think. I don't know. They were Christian, though. I think they were kind of looking at it like a student exchange program type thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's safer for them, I think, than it was for my parents because it's like... It was through a program, though. No, no. It was, it was through chat <laughs> it was just the game wow. that they played online so that was the moment anyways that i stopped liking my parents wow. <laughs> i mean i think that's valid <laughs> yeah i mean they could have sent you to i mean it's like sketchy they, ass were, boarding were those, school yeah were those people okay <laughs> they like the people were trustworthy well yeah now now i think so at the time i hated them too right like at the time yeah. i was very kind of rage against anything you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say before they sent you away at 14, you might have already had reason to dislike them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there must have been some, you know, they must have already been to, to, to that place. That's, 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 uh, yeah, you were probably drinking and doing drugs to I get mean, away yeah, from that, that's what, right? That's what I'm saying. There was some, well, yeah, I mean, it's complicated. It's so complicated. There was all the church stuff and the sexism and all that stuff. And then there was some, some issues with sexual abuse and then getting getting punished for it instead of sent to therapy and mm. stuff like that. So it mm. kind of all built. And the relationship was not super solid. But I, I remember, like, I remember trying in the way that I knew how 14 recently traumatized, you know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I love my parents very much. And they're just humans who make human mistakes that can be impactful. But you know, like looking back, it's like obviously that was a fucking stupid idea. Yeah. But at the time, you know, people make really shitty decisions <laughs> when when they're so. So how long were you there? And then eventually, how did you get back? And you you became close with your family, or at least talking. Um, you said your dad well, came and worked on your RV. And... It really wasn't until um, till rehab that I started trying to reconcile. Um, so I was fourteen. And then I started doing drugs and eventually got addicted to crack and then went to rehab and, uh, and <clears throat> sorry. And, uh, yeah. And, and just decided that like, 
in spite of the hurt, like I wanted a family more than I wanted to be right or whatever. Cause like, you know, one of the things that I learned in rehab is that it, even if they're the sorriest, they can't undo it. So it's ultimately like up to me to decide what I wanted, you know, what I wanted more. Or like that sorriest in the Canadian is nice. I know. That means that's if you translate that, it means sorriest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and did that whole time in your childhood at that time, 14 and beyond that, did you try respecting your elders though? Oh, hell no. No, you I know what not. I'm saying? Maybe you didn't. I know you had the stuff at church and you had stuff with the parents, but perhaps you didn't respect authority and elders enough. It could Absolutely. have been. Absolutely. That, that was really that the could be on you. There. Yeah. <laughs> If you had just uh, been more grateful, Kara. Yeah, or if right. you were, maybe you weren't grateful enough, I don't think, to the elders. This is now the victim blaming podcast, everybody. <laughs> uh, okay, I have a real question I do want to ask. And, okay. and and I don't know if this you want to talk about this. So you can just say I'm really an open book, like maybe to a fault, so it's cool. All right. Well, I don't want to I don't want to use the, I don't want to use that. Uh, so but so you were addicted to crack. Oh yeah. Like like I don't how did you even find crack and then I mean where how did you get to crack? Like that seems so scary to me. Like <laughs> if somebody said, "Hey, here's some crack. Do you want to try it?" I would have been so scared. How are you brave enough to even like go there? Okay, so I feel like bad like I'm taking over and I'm not trying to. No, no, not at all. <laughs> um so when I was 14, my friends and I started doing like recreational drugs um uh like uh MDMA, which is now called Molly. Yeah. Um, and uh, ecstasy. Actually, it was ecstasy. So it wasn't really MDMA. It was ecstasy and, or MDMA and, you know. We started doing that. And then it transitioned to Coke. And then eventually it was actually my uncle who lived with us. He's passed away now. Um, he was addicted to crack. And and he offered it to me. So it was offered to me from an authority figure and, a, and a, someone who oh, felt wow. safe. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. it was, you know, and I mean, I've, I've, you know, pontificated on his reasonings and stuff. There's, there's lots of, lots of different possible reasons that he did that. Um, but yeah. And so then that's how I ended up addicted to crack. And so like, I was, you know, like the whole thing, spent all my money on it, looking on the ground for it, you know, melting wax, trying to see if it's crack, that kind of thing. Was it addictive immediately? Like the way they say on the, you know, Um, you know, I'm not really the best person to answer that because I was, I was already addicted to Coke at the time I got Mm -hmm. into crack. So it's hard to say if it but was. But that's pretty normal, I think. Yeah, like I mean, I know, like it wasn't long after getting into crack that because none of my friends would sell. Or my friends were drug dealers, so my friends wouldn't sell me crack, but they would sell me coke. Um, so it wasn't long before I would just make my own crack out of the coke because I would so rather do that. Mm-hmm. So like it 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 happened. I mean, I think it happened pretty quickly, pretty quickly. Is crack just like a, it's a better high than cocaine or? I mean, honestly, I'm not like, like, I'm very, very anti-prohibitionist, but I'm not the biggest fan. Like I think about it now and all I remember is like anxiety, but I think the anxiety, this is going to sound really sad, but I think the anxiety was better than the sadness, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I just kind of traded it for that. Cause like, I don't remember Coke fondly or crack very fondly at all. I can remember like exactly what it felt like. And it's been... 13 years. Wow. So it, um, let me try to say out loud if I've, what I've say makes sense or doesn't, but it, it is 
very when you say anxiety maybe it's not paranoia or something but you get so up that you it's like you're very distracted like yeah. there's something you're all of a sudden thrust into something well okay like actually since you're a performer this might be might be easier to explain to you than it is to other people but like you know the way that well and maybe not maybe you don't experience it the same way but like when you perform live and like everything gets tight and you feel super super energetic and it's like it's mm. like that, but without yep. the benefit of performing. That's what I say about anxiety mm. is I didn't ever notice it, but now I can notice it that stage fright and anxiety, <laughs> even when I didn't don't think I have them, I I do, but I don't experience it as a negative emotion. It's yeah, a it's state, just a physiological. It's effects. a physiological state of fo- of high focus on a certain external thing that you're about to do. So mm-hmm. you could say anxiety, and that would be one hundred percent right. And mm-hmm. then you engage in the thing, and that thing is a flow state, almost therapeutic activity that you can succeed or fail at. Mm-hmm. And that's the mental state you need to go into that. Mm-hmm. And so you could say it was good or bad, but if you just had that feeling for no reason, you yeah, think you're having a panic attack sometimes. Yeah. If you well, just had it on exactly your couch it. while you're watching TV and all of a sudden you start feeling that way before you go out on a big stage on a big night, I didn't. I wouldn't have ever said um, having stage fright or whatever, but you get it. There is a state of mind that, that is there. And so it's just a matter of how it, what it connects to. But I couldn't yeah. imagine getting it without its expressive you know, without the stakes of it actually mattering. Well, yeah. And I get, I get anxiety now, um, pretty often. And I just, it blows my mind that in my youth, like, like to me, it feels the same. And and I mean, other people might describe cracker Coke as differently, you know, different bodies, different chemicals and stuff. But, uh, to me, like it feels exactly like anxiety feels now. And I never had anxiety when I was younger and it blows me away that I like sought it out, (laughs) you know? Right. Because, like, to what you were talking about earlier, Matt, like, I wonder, like, I can remember being a child, but I don't, like, relate to it. Like, I can't yeah. figure out how to make my brain think the same way as it. Yeah. You know? That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I feel the same way, totally. Like, I feel like that kid could do things. Maybe, I feel like I was more free, and now some of my fears or responsibilities or worries I can't get back to that freedom where it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like there's a, I'm just a kid. My, 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 my actions don't weigh as much. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I can, I can mess up and I'll be in trouble with mom and dad, but that's about as far as it goes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like everything's they, too high stakes now and you can't yeah, lower the yeah. stakes. Right. Like yeah. now it feels like, man, my actions could affect a shitload of people. Possibly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, I could really do something. I can't spray knows? paint shit now. Right. This sucks. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think with the podcasting, that's especially true, you know, mm. but it's a trade off. It like feels like responsibility, but it's also, you know, very uh, fulf- fulfilling. I think I imagine you guys feel that way. It's a, I'm a real late bloomer as well. I always would say it. But in this case, it's only been the last year and a half where I think I understand what people really mean with that kind of stuff. Like to me, the the stakes being high in a way that matters is, is now I kind of, I just, you know, from this, the, from this podcast, when Joey left to the pandemic, finally was enough for me to go, okay, so there are stakes like this stuff. This isn't just bonus time. There's thing, you know, right. There's real, real stuff you got to, and then, Mm -hmm. and so 
also for the most of the time that Toby I've done this podcast, it's been a strong feeling of mine that I do not have responsibility for what I fucking say. <laughs> I don't think that makes sense that I can't just say whatever I want to say just because it has a microphone or because it's there or instead of saying it from one person, there's another person and then there's another one person and then there's another one person. I don't, to me, the, the, that all those so one persons in a row don't turn into a different, I have to be a different person I and not the, say, I don't yeah. think that way naturally. I am the polar opposite. I am terrified to say anything because <laughs> this shit is like, gonna be there forever i will i can never run from this shit if i say one thing and don't word it correctly this is how my brain works anyways if i don't word it correctly and it comes off bad like that's gonna potentially haunt me forever that's how i feel that's why i'm so like wary of like um just like fame i guess because but but miss you know misspeaking and sounding like a fool is one thing, but you know, other people saying that you have responsibility for the outcomes of what you say oh, when you don't, you know, and when you're just saying what you think you should say or should you not say it, that's the way it's all. I just, I, I'm already well, comfortable I'm, with people thinking I'm a fool. That goes without saying. That I don't <laughs> worry about. Right. Uh, well, I think what Mary Beth's saying and I is interesting to me because you guys, uh, Kara, you and Mary Beth both grew up you're younger than us so you grew up in a time where you're you actually are more aware of what you say online like matt and i That's true. didn't have any of this so we could say anything the hell we wanted at any time until literally the last 10 years fucking you know, boomers, but, you know? really you, know you know could do anything <laughs> until 2016 I mean, we, like it wasn't recorded i mean there was i mean i did so i said stuff and did stuff and there was no there's no video cameras around. There's no audio being recorded. None of that. And you, you wouldn't guys have done half grown, the stuff you've said. Right, of course not. That's what I'm saying. Like I think, that's why I think it's so interesting because Mary Beth's saying she is a very aware because she's lived through it. Stuff coming back to haunt you. You know, you've seen people say stuff and it's come back to haunt them. I mean, you, I deleted you, you, my Twitter for that reason. You did. I started a new Twitter. Because oh, I was like, there is no terrible. fucking telling what I said in middle school. Right. An idiot. Wait, you had you, I think you made yeah. the right decision. Yes. I think that's right. I mean, it, it sounds paranoid, but I think you're right. We deleted yeah. the bad Christian uh, yeah. Twitter. I mean, because, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. the, some of the stuff that was on there, <laughs> not me and Matt, some, uh, there was another person that had Twitter rights too a while back. I some of the stuff they say would get you off guard. Yeah, I, I'll, I I'll be on Twitter. And I'll, I'll be like, I like what right. motherfucker wrote. The, oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I officially, I officially repent of bad Christian yeah. Twitter. Oh, you got oh, to. Oh hell! Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you we got to we gotta fit that I joke think, in somewhere. <laughs> I think I fall uh, somewhere in between Matt and and Mary. Um, I uh, like. I think that. It's okay to say things as long as you practice humility. Like, you know, you don't speak like an authority um, yeah. on other people's lives and decisions and stuff. If you say, like, I see it as, or if it's something that you know about, you know, if you can provide sources, that's a little bit different. But, like, the flexibility, and I, I mean, that's one thing I admire about Matt and Toby and Mary Beth so far. But, I mean, I've only heard a few of her her things. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> is is the ability like the willingness to admit that you're not like fucking gurus or you know perfect and that people like you 
actively eschew the idea of people modeling their lives after the random shit you say. And I think yeah. that that's that's what makes I, I the difference. I think I make it impossible. Give, give, I would if you wanted to give you it to a shot, it wouldn't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> if you put all the stuff I say together, it wouldn't make a coherent person. That's for sure. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot lately about like how people I've been seeing I see people say we online like we need to do this we need to do this and I started thinking about it like I I think I me I can say what I need to do I I can take a lot of you know information from a lot of different places a lot of different people a lot of different places gather information and then I think I should do this and then when I use the term we I think I I want to say stuff like ask questions like what do we think not let's think this. Not we should do this. I wanted to. What do we think we should do? Like, like, mm-hmm. kind of do that. Like, ask questions. I think we get we're getting in a little bit of a weird state where people are trying to co- coerce you into this group or that group, or, and 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 it just it weirds me out a little bit. Especially just I guess just because the mostly the fundamentalist Christian church I grew up in did that. This is what we're gonna do to those people, mm-hmm. or this is how you know those people will be this, and we will be. And that just weirds me out so much because I didn't have a say. You know, going back to being a kid, the church I didn't You're really have a say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't yeah. have a say at all. You, I mean, that, that, you makes you complicit. Like we are on this crusade against those people, right? You, you already crusaded apparently, but without even knowing it. I didn't. Like, ha- I didn't have a choice. You I already included say, Wait a minute, in the validation yeah, right. of that other person. Yeah, yeah, it's a tool in tribalism. Yes, yes. regardless yes. if it's religion or something else. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, I it was it was it was overwhelming, and and so that's what weirds me out when when I feel feel that sometimes I I I, I forget when who uh, when I was talking about it, but there's like I feel I wonder if there's gonna be like a new punk and what the new punk will look like. Like I th- I think there's music and an attitude coming that's going to be really interesting. I, mm-hmm. I'm probably too old for it. You guys might be too old for it too, Kara, uh, <laughs> Mary Beth. Y'all might even, but but like my kids, <laughs> the punk that they will be. Is going to be not like any punk we've seen before, and it, it will be DIY, do it yourself, and all that. But I mean, it's going to be really interesting. I, I mean, just with I'm just seeing it with like the 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 movement. I mean, we live in a time where my stocks in real companies are, is just going down. I mean, I'm just, my stocks are going down, right? But Dogecoin, which is a joke, <laughs> is going up. I mean, that, that's real. I mean. I, it, I am a at this moment in time, if an alien landed from another planet, I would look like a fool for my investments as opposed to this other one that is the joke. It's a meme. Somebody meme did it as a total. Kings, it, 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 my guy. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we live in a time where joke money is real, and the real money ain't anything. I mean, the government pr- prints it every day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I mean, we li- it, it is a bizarre time. I well, mean, it's because we live in the Matrix, first of all. Well, that's definitely true. I mean, that's one hundred percent true. I just saw a I can't think speaking about of that shit too a TikTok. Long. Yeah, I saw a TikTok where they a guy <laughs> showed a pic a picture of uh. Do you see the one? It was about J C Penny and oh. J C Penny the J C Penny store that I grew up in. J C P E N N Y, right? And mm-hmm. now they're saying uh, it's the Mandela effect or whatever. But they're saying yeah. no. If you go look, J C Penny is spelled P E N N E Y. Yeah, but. There yeah. is a YouTube video of a guy uh, with his family doing something in a mall, and he just happens to walk by JCPenney, and it's P-E-N-N-Y. So it used to be P 
Penny, but now it's P E N. And and of course you'll go. Well, that's just the video. There's some. I know it's conspiracy, all that stuff. But I mean, it is so I mean, bizarre. I live in a time where I think it might be true. Of course, there's probably aliens. Of course, they're probably here. <laughs> yeah. I know that. that you I, would be I mean, naive to think that something else doesn't exist, in my opinion. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it feels like it's hitting us nonstop now. Like, I mean, it, it was really funny. I think they've already debunked those triangles or pyramids that were in the sky over the Navy ship or Navy beside the Navy planes or whatever. But nobody even cares. Like the last, you know, in the last year, they've said several times, yes, there's definitely a, a UFO or there's this, this. Nobody's like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, I mean, like COVID just, it, yeah. it, I feel like it was like Trump did something. Yeah, something happened that night. So whatever I remember that, that was. podcast. But, right? you know, and this, I actually, you got to really pinpoint the stuff like that because that night we were podcasting and something happened for sure where I said, I knew that, well, this is, it's different after this, like the way you talk, cause it was got started getting heated. Like if you would talk about something like yeah. at, before that, if you talked about the president or politics, it didn't, it just felt like you said something about something. And then right. starting that night, it was like, you should be a little care. Like, do I have to be more careful now on my podcast where, because like I said, I thought it does not matter what you say. That's the whole point of the podcast. It, was, it <laughs> right. doesn't matter what you say. Like that was the way I was right. looking at it. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I, apparently it's going to matter what I say now, but that's stupid. But this <laughs> feels different. Yeah. 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 And then when you get to COVID, but, but the intensity that just keeps on, I mean, it, you can feel other people. Like if you were listening to other podcasts, you could, you, you have observed yeah. people changing their behavior. Yeah. You've observed it. So I now yeah. see the exercise of the art form more of like, it's not to try to do anything crazy, but I think of it as like a a place where if somebody can come on the podcast and be real, that's still going to be really valuable to yeah. catch oh, the boat more. Sure. And, and so when you guys say that you are careful and worry about everything you say, I can't believe that you can even do this. I mean, you guys are great on air. You guys, you know, that's what I mean. Like you, you guys, to to be able to be careful and still be present or be real mm-hmm. is not easy. I and think- it's so it's so fun to hear how some people can't navigate it, like on other podcasts yeah. or can. Like that's mm-hmm. a that's a skill now. It's a twenty first century yeah. skill. I think Kara and I are naturally so anxious and self-aware anyways (laughs) that we already move through the world in a hyper-aware state and so it just comes naturally so you use that that's what i'm saying you're already like as a young children you guys were hyper-aware of how you're the people that that you're interlocked with are receiving Mm -hmm. you and what happens and how high the stakes were you had high stakes childhood yes you know and so that that's what some people would say is the traumas you were you know you could have well, had it, yeah, like it, it puts you in fight or flight mode. Trauma. Yeah, you had to be the adult, you know, yes, way early. No, absolutely. Yeah. The um I'm reading a book and it's um children of emotionally immature parents. And, and it's like reading a book, it's like someone what like grew up with me. It's really uncanny, but Yeah. That's exactly it. But you've learned to navigate it, and you know what I mean. Like you've learned to also mm-hmm. be brave and bold enough to come on a podcast and just say bullshit, or talk about your parents, or do a, you know you mm-hmm. and stay funny and not like you're careful. Like you know that's the thing when you hear somebody talk super carefully, meter their speech, way to beat, calculate each thing. Mm-hmm. That's no fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I feel like I uh, constantly flip between 
I am self-aware and I very much pay attention to everything that I say, but I also don't have the mental energy to be so guarded and so calculated. It's a, it's a weird middle ground that I have found where like, I'm careful to an extent, but I also, I don't have the energy to hide <laughs> shit from people. You yeah, know? You're, too, well, yeah, you're, you're like, uh, you know, the stakes are high, but you're too lazy to give up. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. Like, I know it's, uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> you only live once. <laughs> yeah, right. It is that, but that's bold. Like that. I like that quality. I mean, I, yeah. I think you definitely have that quality. That is, that's one of those things where you say it's laziness, whatever, but it's really a virtue. You know, it's up to well, thanks. Yeah, but you let it loose anyway. Yeah. So I think I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For if me, the, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead, Kara. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, um, like me and Mary Beth are very similar. Um, but it's less like I don't feel like I'm particularly guarded. You know, I just like quickly, quickly do these like calculations in my head. What's the kindest and and clearest way to say this mm-hmm. so that I'm not misunderstood and I'm not like unnecessarily hurting people. Yeah. But like I'm obsessed with words. Like I have like this massive library of words. Well, I guess everybody does, you know, have, have a, like a massive library of words in their head. <laughs> but I have a lot of different versions of a lot of words. Like I've always been obsessed with language. So mm-hmm. I just access, oh, that's not very clear. Or that's not very kind. What's another way to say this that says the exact same thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think most people are having your experience with like that. Is my guess of <laughs> being aware of your whole vocabulary of words and choosing the precise speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it it's is on most interesting because I, I I definitely identify with that. Um, we are super similar. We got the same hair color and everything. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> and style. We both got it in a in a messy. Yeah, bun. and it's brown right here, and then it gets more red as it goes. <laughs> that is laziness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Kara, Kara, you have your podcast too, right? So, tell tell the folks where uh, they can find out your about your podcast or wherever. What else? What, it, what anything else you want them to go to? All right, cool. Yeah. So, I do the Conquest of Bliss, and it's about exploring happiness and wellness and all sorts of things that fall under those topics. I'm supposed to have an anthropologist on soon to talk about the history of happiness. Nice. And uh, I've had psychologists and therapists and Mary Beth and Matt. Um, what, what episode was I? Number what? Uh, I want to say early. four or five. Yeah. yeah, you were one of my first three guests. Um, yeah. And then uh, it's called The Conquest of Bliss. I may have already said that. So there's theconquestofbliss.com, The Conquest of Bliss on Facebook, The Conquest of B1 on Twitter because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and, um, so anywhere that you search The Conquest of Bliss, you're going to find it. Um, I talk about mostly just happiness and being you know, trying to find your authentic self while while not trampling on people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. So, Kara's been a member of the BC Club for how long? Oh, December twenty eighteen. Since twenty eighteen, wow. and Mary Beth all the way back f- to when? May twenty fifteen. Oh goodness! Wow, yeah. Lord, <laughs> that's great. And so, uh, yeah, we that it's it's just great to have gotten to know you guys and to know your minds a little bit and the things that you do. So I think your point of view is quite fascinating. People like your podcast, uh, but also your graphic design stuff. Tell us about that. All right, yeah. So is I that do, your full time, you know, gig? Um, well, I've got chronic illness, so I don't have like a regular job. But I do, uh, I do take commissions for drawings, um, illustrations, portraits, dra- uh, logo design. And I do animation, but not like 
I'm going to have to really be into the project because it's a crazy amount of work. And yeah. it's it's usually like I have to charge like if, if I have a, if I charge an amount that people can pay, then I'm underpaying myself massively. Yeah. So the animation has to be something I love to do. Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys caught my sweet commercial, but that was animated by yours truly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that's artstrim.com. Um, uh, it's actually the same. It'll lead you to the same place and you just click which icon you want if you want to see my portfolio and uh, you can connect with me there. Great. I'd love for people to, you know, check out your work. And I think sometimes when there's somebody that you hear them talk or, or something, you feel like you have some understanding of where they're coming from. And then if you work with them, it's just mm -hmm. a, a jump start. You know, you've already kind for of sure. like that. When you think of those cold calls you have with people where it's just you're trying to hire somebody to do a job and you had to make small talk or something. But if you'd listen to them on a podcast for an hour, that whole call goes better. Even if you don't, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, it's just, so I think that that's great. And I think people will like your work. I always think it's really good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I mean, need to make a correction. It's artstromdigital.com. Artstrom I absolutely Digital. said the wrong, the wrong uh, URL. Well, that's great. Um, Mary Beth, did you say you had some questions about the 69? You're doing 69, Kara? Uh, I am not. I have, uh, you know what? You don't have to apologize. No, it's, I'm not even sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not doing it because I uh, have a history of eating disorders. And so I try to be very mindful of yeah. how I view my, my food intake and my movement. Excellent. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I was wondering, so I did it, um, my first time doing it was this last time. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. I, I did not like successfully finish. Um, I mean, I guess I technically finished, but, um, sort of <laughs> gave up said. halfway through a little bit. <laughs> well, we are talking about 69, so, yep. you know, right. but, um, I was wondering how the parameters differ this time. Cause I know, um, there's going to be, I guess, categories for lack of a better word. Um, mm -hmm. are there not going to be like hard rules this time is it kind of up to the participant to make their own rules this way yeah i have a definition for each of those uh categories but i'm going to call them lanes okay so on the scorecard there it says the road to your future self is paved with x's so you know you Ooh. start on day one you start putting x's in for all the tasks and all the things you do for yourself mm -hmm. and then at the end of the 69 days you will see all of those x's that you have done each one of them represents something you did for your future self who will appreciate it so okay. but each one if that's a road to your future self each one of these is lanes so there's a bunch of lanes on the road and okay. they are uh and so i know some people are asking about there they'll have a, a more technical definition in the official rules but they are move create meditate practice learn resist reflect and anticipate move is going to be 45 minutes of exercise that you do daily. So that's just, that's basically the exercise component be 45 minute workout. The create is to, you had to spend a certain amount of time. It'll be something like five or 10 minutes. It'll be just enough that you can do, make sure that you do where you're uh, writing something creative, writing a song, doing something that comes out of you where you make something. New, um, t 10 minutes of meditation. That's pretty straightforward or prayer or whatever. Um, practice is any skill that you want to get. So even if it was, uh, you know, for me, I would probably do piano scales for five minutes or 10 minutes. If it's, I don't know. Ooh, five that's or a good one. Minutes. So just like a, a thing where you, it's my, it's not creating practicing songwriting, for instance, it's 
just a skill, like maybe improving your typing words a minute or something, any <laughs> skill that you'd like to be better at handwriting, calligraphy, a skill, just something that's a, and you and there's a mechanical component to that where you just for the next whatever minutes. And if you could do that 69 days in a row, you, you know, even for five or 10 minutes, you will have new skills or be way mm-hmm. farther along. Right. Um, the resist. Oh, learn is read. So that'll be five or 10 <laughs> minutes of reading. Um, where you would just, you know, something you want to know about your to, to, in whatever way you're going to try and take stuff in um, for that. So it's different than create or practice. Resist is no sweets and alcohol. So that's the only food component um, is you resist. You just experience the discomfort of resisting those things. Basically, if you if you'll notice, they're all discomfort based. <laughs> it, they're discomfort management tools is all it really is mm-hmm. like yeah. it's hard to do this so the whole thing makes it easier to do that d- uncomfortable thing like freaking practice or meditate or make myself write a journal entry of or whatever it is that you're trying to do mm-hmm. and then the, the last two is reflect and anticipate and those are just uh things you do to look back at what you did that day and fill out a couple of questions and then what you're going to do tomorrow so you start to be mindful of your time and stuff like that so each of those that you do you will be getting an X to do, which will then uh, contribute to your score and your team in the cash and prizes and how okay. all that stuff works. That but those sense. are base. That's a basic rundown of the lane. So now the whole thing, um, and there's multiple groups, and it's so it's going to be less competitive in that just top of the scoreboard way. Mm-hmm. But there's still you know, be, last time there was two teams, yeah. And this time it'll be in the, you'll be in a team uh, of your you'll own, be on a smaller like, team, yeah, a smaller team, not okay. just two big ones. Yeah, you know, like eight or ten teams, which is, and those which teams will, affect, will compete. Well, and, it'll, it'll, and it'll affect your decision-making in certain things or your motivation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you go, wait, man, if I do this with my team this week, we could get these points or whatever. So that that's going to be really cool, I think, the, yeah. the smaller teams and relying on each other. Yeah, so, there's some things okay. about it that are going to be different, but I think a lot more fun, too. Yeah, that sure. sounds fantastic. Mary Beth, can you uh, kind of update me on how you feel about it as you go? Because maybe next yeah. time I'll I'll try it. It doesn't sound i mean i don't know see i'm i'm usually very (laughs) hesitant about things like this just because of my personal history with it too but um at the same time my self-discipline is the one thing that i think (laughs) needs the most work and this just seems to be i mean that's that's it's that's what it's really about it's not about weight or it's not about whatever it's mostly just about self-discipline which is Mm -hmm. the real issue behind whatever else i want to work on you know yeah me too 100% 100% that yeah. that motivation to be to make the choices that I actually want to make that's right. the thing so so I've been, I was talking to my wife about that I make decisions based on lots of times just my emotion or mm-hmm. the moment or what, whatever I'm you know the time or whatever as opposed to what do I actually want right what, what's the, or what do I actually need even or what do I? What will I feel good about? What's the uh, good decision? What, whatever that might be, that might be a bowl of ice cream or not. But that intentionality, I think, is the, is that is where I am not disciplined, right. being well, intentional with my decisions. Well, here's the thing that everybody's going to love about this one. This is just super fun. But Dave, our drummer, has had this practice where he's been doing for a long time since the first sixty nine. Where since the yeah. first sixty nine, he has uh, he didn't drink that whole time. Um, and then since then he went back to drinking, but with one floating day per week is what he would do. So he'd give himself one day a week and he's been able to stick to that. I thought that was pretty interesting, but it's pretty disciplined otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing we're going to do here is if you get a perfect week 
in one of your lanes, you earn a floating X, which, which means you can yeah. use that X in that lane one day in the next week, or you could even store them up. In fact, <laughs> you stash it up to the last week, and then yeah, just it, it, well, maybe you have a, somebody said party, they have a, you know a bachelor party coming on the fourth week, and if they right. you know what I mean, so they maybe could have a couple That's days where they're not going to exercise. Hurt me last time, as I went oh, to the yeah. beach in the middle of it, and that really fucked with me. Oh, so, yeah. so there's a way to deal with that. Now these th- these X's now really represent something, and they're even fungible. So you can use one of the X's later. You earned it, and you can yeah. do that. And you know you can give yourself that. More than that, though, they're literally fungible, and it is possible for other people in your group or team to donate them to you. Oh wow! Oh, that's wow. dope. Yeah. Wow. So that look some on Matt's people face. need a little help or, or whatever, but yeah, right. I mean, the, your team doesn't. It doesn't matter if somebody else on your team earned it, and they're going to work out every single day. And you have a, a a day next week where you have some crazy thing, right. and you're not going to be able to work out. <laughs> you know, that's y'all can work together on that. Figure it out. I love it. So I love you'll be, it. You'll feel motivated more than you might would have on your own, or if you fall out of the leaderboard because your team. Right. Is going to be trying to win prizes every single week, and they mm-hmm. will. In fact, it looks like every team that is in the top half gets something every week. Oh, hmm. nice. So we don't have the prizes or all the dollar amounts, the definitions of all the stuff, but it's shaping up to be, it's really, it's going to be a lot of fun. Wow. I have a, a quick question just out of curiosity is, is um for, uh, for people who are like, say, in Australia, like Canada's a lot closer so it's not as big of a deal like um is it like are they still as eligible for everything it's like worldwide yeah no i mean i yeah. don't it doesn't matter yeah nope. i mean that the uh, international shipping sometimes on a, if there's a t-shirt involved there or something that's a problem but other than that no big deal it's like a hundred dollars it's like a hundred dollar extra <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's insane sometimes when you ship something damn a hundred dollars for it, a t-shirt i could get carpet for that <laughs> good one what a rip off <laughs>